This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's head down the St. Lawrence River and catch up with Karen McGee on the mighty shores in Morrisburg, Ontario. Hey, good morning, Karen. Happy birthday, Dave. Oh, thanks, Karen. Very kind of you. Very, very sweet. Uh, Karen, let's jump into Blind River, Ontario. That town is going to be getting some funding to build a more accessible community. Karen, that could mean a lot of different things. So what do they mean by accessible communities? So if people who don't know, Blind River is about two hours west of Sudbury. It's on the shores of Lake Huron. And this project, okay, I love the name, Assigned Seats Are Not Our Style, colon, sit anywhere that makes you smile. I love it. <laughs> I don't know why I love that so much. So the town is going to be adding things to their waterfront. They're a big summer town. Um, they're going to add an accessible kayak launch, beach access mats, and inclusive picnic tables. Um, The kayak launch will be installed near the accessible parking spaces, which makes sense, but it's amazing how many places don't Mm -hmm, think about little mm -hmm. things like that. Um, There's going to be a turnaround area where kayaks and people can be dropped off at the launch dock. So basically making it easier for people to enjoy basically one of Blind River's best resources, their waterfront. Um, So it's approximately also 100 meters of mat at Peace Park and Lakeside Beach are going to be installed that are going to accommodate mobility device users, older adults. And families with strollers, I think sometimes we forget that when we make things accessible, people use wheelchairs. It also benefits parents with young children as well. Um, They're going to be able to access the beach much easier. This is going to be a great spot to make vacationing there and people who live there even better. Yeah, I could uh, see myself spending a little time by the lake in the summer. That sounds nice. That sounds lovely. Karen, where is the funding for this development coming from? So it costs $32,500, and it's coming from the Inclusive Community Grants Program. And I think I've talked about this grant before, either here or on uh, Cali and Ramia. Um, it provides funding to municipalities, Indigenous groups, and community organizations to help with infrastructure projects for people with disabilities and seniors that make them stay safe and engaged in their neighborhoods. Because especially after COVID, we don't want people being isolated anymore, get out and have fun. Um, it's a grant program from the Ontario government. And overall, they're putting in um, over $700,000 into 17 community grants like this. So mm-hmm. it's a great program. And uh, maybe we'll have to make a trip to Blind, Blind River. Uh, well, let's go to Sudbury first, Karen, because you mentioned Blind River is not too far from Sudbury. Well, you've got a story about a power lifter, a weightlifter, Jose Seguin from Sudbury, who's going to be representing Canada at the Special Olympic World Games in 2023. So before we talk about Josie's training regimen, tell me a bit more about Jose. So this isn't her first visit to the Games. She also competed in 2019 in Dubai, where she brought home four golds and one silver. Josie lives with cerebral palsy, epilepsy, and she has vision or vision loss. She started as a competitive swimmer and moved to powerlifting. And one of the things I really liked about her story is she told CTV Sudbury she really encourages women to try non-traditional sports because you never know what might come of it. Um, We've talked before. I played hockey at a time when women didn't play hockey. We're talking back in the early 80s. And there is something really empowering about, you know, playing a sport, not traditionally women. And then now I get to sit and watch all these young girls in our community 
who play hockey in a way I never was able to. And mm. I, I just love it so much. So get out and try non-traditional sports because you never know. You might end up at the Olympics. I'm still waiting for my call from Team Canada <laughs> for hockey. The, the growth, I may have missed the call. The, the growth of a sport has to start somewhere. So having people join at a young age or try new things is a fundamental part of that grassroots growth. So let's come back to the way that uh, Jose is preparing for this. Karen, because certainly powerlifting, I can imagine, is a pretty intense training regiment. So between working full-time, we find a lot of athletes preparing for games like this. They do have to work full-time. Um, she trains as well. Um, she had an injury this summer that kept her away from training, but she's now kind of back at it. And she's had to go back to the basics of lifting to get herself back up to speed. So squatting, benching, deadlifting two to three times a week. Oh, yeah. Her sounds, coach sounds, and- like, sounds like my day-to-day, Karen. I was, listen, I'm going to get to a question. Her coach, Emily Armstrong, says they want to keep her progress going to increase her lifting, but don't want to burn her out. As we know, with high-level athletes, that can happen. Dave, how much can you deadlift? Ooh, deadlift? I haven't deadlifted in a while. When I was at my peak, I used to be able to put three plates on either side of a barbell. So quick math here. Barbell weighs 45. The plates were 45 each. So that's 120, 135. uh, Somewhere in like the mid-200s. So she can deadlift 298. Woo! I can't. I think I was only ever at 100 when I was doing CrossFit. Um, so you know her training, her training is really paying off, and hopefully she'll be successful when they when she goes over to the um, the uh, the Olympic Games in June. My gosh, two nine two ninety eight. That's <laughs> a monster number. Uh, Karen, what about bench press? What did what did you max out at bench pressing? I know I know that's not typically um, so, uh, an exercise for women. It's more of a more of a dude so, exercise. And that, that wasn't part of the CrossFit. The only really weight training I did when I did when I did CrossFit about five years ago, and unfortunately I have a bad rotator cuff that mm, I'm too lazy mm. to get surgery for and I loved it I loved it I loved the intensity I loved the coaching I loved the people I was going with um but I just my my poor shoulders just can't do it a couple years ago when I was on sick leave getting the operation on my on the 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 the, uh the nodes or the the tumors in my throat I got back into weightlifting because I had nothing but time on my hands so I got back onto that bench press and uh, I think I got maxed out at about two and a half plates on each side so again Pretty, uh, pretty reasonable number there. Again, in the mid, in the mid two hundreds, and there was nothing like that. Because I remember when I was first into bodybuilding and weightlifting when I was young, when I was eighteen, nineteen. Oh, to be young again. And I remember the first time I was able to put a plate on each side. I was like, "This is it. This is the max. Like, this is gonna be how you change your life." And then you flash forward seventeen years, and you realize, wow, the expression "grown man strength" actually is a thing. Like, you do just get stronger as you get older. And then it starts to go away. And then it starts to go away. When you get to my age, it starts to slowly go away. And things I used to be able to do, I'm like, oh, I can't do that anymore. Karen, I'm one. <laughs> I'm one year away from turning forty, so things are uh, things are looking very gloom in the very glummy and gloomy in, that, the, in the brown. There's <laughs> a lot of freedom with there's a lot of freedom with getting older too, Dave. Because quite frankly, you just don't care anymore. Ah, that's a good that's point. the best. When you get to that point, it's the best. Karen, let's end on a bit of a somber note. As mentioned, AMI is going to be having a live described uh, broadcast of the CBC Remembrance Day ceremony from the National War Memorial in Ottawa. But I know Remembrance Day is a day that means something significant to you as well. So which ceremony are you planning to attend and, and why that ceremony in particular? 
So I think we talk about this every year that I can fit it in. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, the War of 1812 was fought where I'm sitting. Um, some major battles were fought. One significantly close called the Battle of Chrysler's Farm. And they have a monument there. And each Remembrance Day, they do um, a ceremony. And the date of the actual battle was November 11th, 1813. So we're actually getting a chance to recognize it on the day of the battle, which is really powerful for me. They light off War of 1812 cannons. Um, they have people from Aquasasne come and give prayers in the Mohawk language because the, the Mohawk Indians were very involved in, um, in this battle. Um, it's a wonderful service. It's very small. Um, it's put on by the Friends of Chrysler's Farm, I believe it's called. And it's a wonderful way to remember um, a battle, which quite frankly, after watching the elections this week, I'm very grateful that we won that war against the United States. Um, and the, the battle is significant because it basically stopped the advancement on the St. Lawrence River. Mm. Um, the mm. Americans were trying to capture the St. Lawrence River and this battle sort of ended it. They turned around, the Canadians were outnumbered and we won. As I smile, as I have to explain to my American friends all the time, we won. There's really something about the way in which Remembrance Day can manifest in different small communities around the country. Of course, again, there's that huge one in the middle of Ottawa at the National War Memorial. It's always powerful. It's always something that is worth attending once in your life if you have the opportunity but there are a lot of smaller opportunities, whether they be individual legions putting on events or whether there be smaller uh, processions or parades in parts of town. When I used to live in Westboro in Ottawa, the legion there used to do a very, very small, very, very intimate ceremony where they would do a small procession down Richmond Road and then finish at one of the parks nearby before going back to the legion. I, I, I'm, I'm sure stuff like that existed when I was in Montreal, when I was in Quebec, but it really struck me when I moved to Ontario just how seriously people take Remembrance Day in this province. And, 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 I, and I assume by extension across the rest of the country. Yeah, so I mean, like Morseburg has theirs. My town of Morseburg has theirs at 11 or starts at 1030 at the Legion. Um in town, Iroquois just opened up a new cenotaph. That's a little town up the road. Mm. And they have theirs on the weekend. A lot of the smaller communities will do theirs on the weekend. Um, because not everybody has the day off work like they used to, I actually booked tomorrow off just to make sure I could go to that. I hope that doesn't sound weird, but I, I took a vacation day to be able to, to go to this just to make sure. No, it's worthwhile. Um, and a lot of them have their, a lot of the smaller communities will have their events on the weekends um, before Remembrance Day so that people can participate in those and still like watch the big one from Ottawa or, you know, do other things that they have to do during the week. So I appreciate mm -hmm. that as well. Karen, thank you for this. And uh, I hope I hope that it's a it's a nice reflection tomorrow as you're taking part in that event. Thanks, Dave. And I hope you have a great rest of your birthday. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. That's AMI content development specialist Karen McGee joining us from Morrisburg, Ontario. As mentioned, tomorrow we'll be cutting away from now with Dave Brown at 10 a.m. Eastern time for a simulcast with the CBC and live describing the Remembrance Day broadcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. 
That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.